from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I am Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for CUNA's Credit Union Magazine. Today's guest is Mark Meyer, the CEO of the credit union think tank, the Filene Research Institute. Meyer is an internationally recognized consumer finance expert published in dozens of publications. He also advised the U.S. Department of Treasury and lectured in a variety of academic settings, including Harvard Business School. Mark is also an attorney licensed to practice law in Colorado and Arizona, formerly of the law firm Montgomery, Little, and McGrew. He also held executive positions with Arizona State Credit Union and CUNY Mutual Group, and he has served on the board of directors for Summit Credit Union, the largest credit union in Wisconsin, for 10 years. He recently sat down with my CUNA colleague, Adam Mertz. What will financial services industry look like in 2030? What's kind of these landmarks maybe that you have in your mind or obviously possibilities at this point? So our recent research, uh, Credit Unions 2025, overall sort of has a a vein of optimism in it. Um, It's hard to predict exactly what it will look like. Um, Certainly... uh, the factors that will be reshaping it, if you start thinking about uh, where it's going, will be data excellence, upping the game in technology, uh, channel, uh, the channels will continue to diverge as technology tools continue to diverge. Um, and I would also say just uh, where consumer behavior will take us is a bit unknown. Um, you know, increased regulation, that'll continue. Uh, will probably have an impact on the number of institutions. Scale continues to become important because to deliver, offer all the delivery channels, uh, you need to have the resources to do it. So one prediction would be fewer uh, uh, insti- financial institutions, that's banks and credit unions, uh, but higher performing organizations. Not to say you won't have smaller organi- financial institutions, they will just have to be ruthlessly um, good at execution of choosing what to do and what not to do and be maybe a bit more boutique or niche in their uh, uh, offering. The uh, optimism that you mentioned, where does that stem from? Well, I think uh, if you look at the power of what technology is going to be able to do and align that with consumer behavior, what we do is our Saturday morning self, right, is we want frictionless. We want easy. So I see financial services becoming increasingly easy for folks, and that creates great opportunities when you think of um, uh, wealth bifurcation, that folks have an easier opportunity to engage with their financial services with these types of channels. Uh, moreover, specifically when you look at the cooperative finance model of credit unions, um, uh, my tweet is often hashtag never been a better time to be a credit union. And what I mean by that is the drivers of the need for self-help in a time when policy and government and even business will struggle to meet the needs of, of uh, individuals, financial needs of individuals, the credit union solution uh, was really born out of this, you know, back in the Great Recession as part of the, um, the New Deal. So uh, what was old will uh, once again be new. You mentioned some of the drivers behind this and consumer behavior and that being kind of a, a big variable. Uh, what do you see right now as some of the factors that, will, that people should be paying attention to, at least, in terms of where that might take us? So if you really look at, um, you know, two or three things, you know, coming back to consumer behavior, number one, and really paying attention to the winds of change of how people are adapting and utilizing technology around the uh, making things easier for them, right? And, you know, that's, that's one piece. I think a second is watching this, uh, the evolution of the technology platforms. And one specific is we don't know what the implications of artificial intelligence will be. 
and uh, you pay attention to what the power of artificial intelligence can offer. For instance, uh, we've encountered one startup that has a um, AI uh, that uh, would re potentially replace 80% of your consumer loan officers and make lending even more effective and efficient and, and probably more predictive. You um, remove some of the human judgment in that, which, you know, so you've got to reserve a certain percentage where folks still have the opportunity to interact with a human being. But uh, you, you move beyond credit scoring into where just uh, artificial intelligence is scraping uh, various aspects of folks that are within sort of the regulatory purview and they go cattywampus, that uh, what that will do to um, the speed the delivery, the um, ease of use, and you know, just imagine if you just had the opportunity to ask Alexa, "Can you please call XYZ Credit Union and arrange for my uh, new car loan?" and uh, she takes care of it for you. Uh, branch off slightly there because Alexa, uh, you know, devices like this, voice voice recognition, these are technologies that uh, might be a tough point of entry for a lot of credit unions at this stage. Where do you go if you're a credit union and maybe you don't have the R&D resources that you'd love to have. When you're seeing these new technologies come out, what is a, a game plan maybe for paying attention, um, doing some prototyping yourself potentially, or latching on to someone else who's developing this technology? How should they be approaching this? So interestingly enough, we asked credit union CEOs recently, what are the most important drivers? This was despite asset size, right? We just asked universally credit union CEOs, what do you think the most important uh, factors in the next, in the foreseeable future are that you need to look at and how can Filene help with research. And we uh, identified five centers of excellence. One of those centers, the one you, the, where you're going with your inquiry here, is the center of excellence on organizational entrepreneurship. Building the competency around organizational entrepreneurship, testing and prototyping new, um, whether it's technologies, whether it's new um, business lines and products, is something financial services generally struggle with. And so learning and sort of building this dexterity to continue to execute what you're currently good at, right? Execute what you're good at today, uh, exploit your current business model, but also build in slack or capacity within the organization to begin to explore new channels. And that takes um, some real discipline. Uh, there are, in the credit union space, we really see two, two different ways that, that is um, uh, done well. One is mindset. So if the, if the leadership and the, uh, the board and the leadership team bring mindset to the organization around entre, uh, uh, organizational entrepreneurship and have the sort of mindset to say, you know, number one, we're going to um, attack our business model. Number two, we're going to be agile. We're going to try to prototype quickly. Number three, we're going to have a failure is okay mindset, a contained failure is, is okay mindset. Um, that's one way. The second, when you mention, especially with the smaller organizations, is through the vein of collaboration. And so obviously that's one of the principles of the cooperative principles. Also, uh, we see collaboration alive and well, and this formed through QSOs, whether it's CU Direct, mm -hmm. uh, the co-op, PSCU. We have credit unions where they can't do it on their own, buying into and building co uh, 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 um, QSOs, mm -hmm. uh, credit union service organizations, to create the scale they need to play. And so I think that as you see this take hold, that vein of collaboration is going to swell, especially for those that are under $10 billion. So if you're under $10 billion, you're going to have to find yourself a collaborative relationship. Scale really starts in financial services. Research has been done on us around $10 billion. And a lot of credit unions are obviously under that mark. I, that's, that's you know, the, I, I don't recall the current state uh, today since we have a merger a day or so, but I'm yeah. going to assume we're about 58 or 5,900 credit unions yes. today. And uh, 
Um, I think last count I had, we might have 15 or 20 that are approaching the 10 billion or, or north of that mark. So there's a discussion at the CEO council that I was just at about that, about how, uh, you know, comparing large and small credit unions and someone put their hand up and said, in the world of financial services, we're all small. And you have to keep that in mind. Uh, you know, and, and that was a, a, a statement for collaboration. That's right. On that part. The other thing that when you talk size, um, you know, size matters, but it's not the only thing that matters when it comes to a credit union. You know, this mindset piece is a very important element. When you recognize you don't have scale, you have to be ruthless about your resources, choosing what you, your success is not just what you will do, it's what you won't do. So mm-hmm. saying no is a really hard discipline mm-hmm. in today's business environment. Uh, so that's, you know, there's there's an element of that that, that plays into that. Um, and the final thing, and you know, it is, it's back to that plea for collaboration is, um, you can achieve a lot more together than you can independently. And I guess one other sort of asterisk, uh, sort of an element of this to kind of dig underneath is what size can get you when you're not the biggest guy in the pond is you are much more swift and nimble. And that's what I call being snimble. And that enables you when you're closer to the consumer, if you have the mindset to be agile and prototype quickly and, 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 and take on the, the organizational entrepreneurship competency, you'll win. In terms of uh, in terms of organizational structure of credit unions, if we're looking out to 2030, do you see a lot of the same format? Maybe a little more streamlined, a little more efficient, but essentially the same kind of general organizational structure. You know, I think it will be vastly different, uh, and here's why. I think the product portfolio that credit unions have today will be a different product in the future. Some of it may not even be related directly to financial services Mm -hmm. as we see industries collide and disrupt industries. Uh, And those will be real pivotal moments. So uh, the simple identification would be as you see technology um, replace many aspects potentially of the frontline sort of uh, positions. Uh, If we end up cashless and we don't have a lot of teller access, what you're going to see is um, more technologists employed in financial services along with people who are more strategic in their um, ability to sort of write the parameters of how that technology will work and be utilized. Now, adjacent to that, there are positions that will be created that we can't even articulate because I don't think when the hypothetical of, okay, if AI takes over 80% of lending and it redeploy, it um, changes the uh, number of loan officers you have, I don't think that the number of positions m- may not go away. What may happen is you redeploy those positions or once loan officers into business development or community engagement um, specialists or social impact specialists in the community. And so you, new jobs will be created at, in, at the same time if you can find the business model that aligns with the value proposition of the organization. So uh, I think it will be different. I think it, uh, as I said, it will probably, if, if I were speculating in my crystal ball, be more technologists at credit unions, mm-hmm. data scientists, uh, people who are in... Uh, the credit union have to have stronger conceptual skills and more dexterity to work across product lines and across the whole organization, mm-hmm. more cross-functionally. And then finally, you'll see if credit unions become the pillars in the community, I foresee when, when I'm looking at the trending of what's happening in the top 200, many of them have really powerful social impact strategies around the communities and the neighbors and the, the people they serve. And as a result of that, that'll take human beings building social connections, touch points, not just over technology via what's it, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff. It'll still be good old-fashioned human contact. And it's interesting, too, and just as your optimism about credit unions in general, but the uh, job picture within credit unions, it's not that um, there's a cap 
on the number of uh, positions that there are, and it's always getting smaller. It's redeploying resources, which I think is another point of optimism for people. It, when you're working toward a goal to know that you can play a role in this future, you're not kind of like taking yourself out of the picture. I, that, that's very, very important. We're at a, a really crossing a threshold that credit unions understand we are in a war for talent as we enter the next era. And uh, we have a center of excellence finally focused on the war for talent. And that talent, by the way, comes from the, for, the boardroom all the way to the front line. And do we have, this is sort of, I believe it's the Jim Collins good to great. Do you have the right people on the bus? Do you have the right people on the bus today? And more importantly, do you have the right people on the bus tomorrow? Um, it's a very, very competitive talent pool, uh, pool for talent. And credit unions need to be thinking about what does it take to be an employer of choice? What is the employer brand you're seeking? And uh, how does that align with the not only the value proposition of the organization, but the needs of the community and members that you're serving? Where does the board fall into that, the whole volunteer structure in terms of what we need to evolve to? Well, as the organizations become more complex, uh, the dynamic and out the capability of that board uh, needs to increase and be enhanced. And so what I would foresee is credit unions grow, become more complex, that's uh, more important to get a, um, a, vol a set of volunteers that are, A, diverse, represent the membership, uh, diverse in many ways. Uh, also, uh, many that are from various disciplines and competencies. Uh, importantly, many that are serving in senior executive roles, not mid-management roles, so that they understand the role of the board from a strategic direction standpoint. They understand how to hold the CEO accountable. Uh, they understand how to embolden and empower and enable the CEO to think beyond where maybe even the CEO can think. And so there's a, a statement by an author, Jonathan Maxwell, uh, leadership is a lid. The competency of whatever that board is, the lid of the organization. And so if we have uh, boards that struggle to maintain and understand the role of a board in an organization, to see it grow, thrive, and be effective in its community, you're going to see the credit union and the CEO struggle to deliver and execute. The one that people always point toward uh, in terms of where are we going is the branch and the branch structure. And I'm curious as to your thoughts about um, the lifespan of a branch. Obviously, you've always seen some evolution in how they're used, uh, but these are big capital investments that credit unions need to make, and they may feel compelled to make them right now. How do you balance um, the need for now with where you might want to be in the future? Learn the lessons from Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Video chose to stay in the branching game at a time when the delivery channel for entertainment was shifting. It's not to say they couldn't have been successful. They had the capital, they had the brand, they had the um, ability to play in many spaces. What they failed to identify is what's the business model of the branch. How do you leverage, as you identified, the capital investment uh, in a way that also ensures there's profitability? So I am not here to declare that the branch is dead. I would be here to declare that when you branch and how you branch, you, make, you need to make sure you have a business model that supports the uh, sustainability of that branch financially. Uh, with financial services, is a little different. People like to know and see when I've got a problem with my finances, I can go to someone. I mean, I think any of us who've had a problem when we're dealing in the app economy with something that is only available via the app, whether it's your credit card, it malfunctions with Uber, and it takes 10 days to get emails back and forth to get your, your Uber account reset, folks want to know they can go somewhere. That experience and how that branch is set up and what that branch feels like, the size of the branch, the scale of the branch, the talent of the branch, would be vastly different if, if credit unions branch. Um, I think you ha demographics don't lie. You have to really pay attention to what the future holds. And I look no further than my 18-year-old daughter, 
who was given checks all summer when she was giving swim lessons to a, uh, a young family and the mom was paying by check. And she let those checks stack up all summer and then handed them to me to go take them to the branch. And I said, I'm not taking them to the branch. And she said, well, I don't want to go to the branch. And I said, well, then try remote deposit capture. And do you think she's ever been in a branch? Never. Not that I know of. Wow. <laughs> wow. So not saying that's where we're going to go, but you got to pay attention to the behaviors. Wow. I'm going to digest that one for a second. Uh, Filene obviously has done a lot of work, and uh, I throw this over to you as a chance to toot your horn in terms of um, trying to get credit unions to focus on where they ought to go and just how important you see that role and uh, what your main emphasis at this point at Filene in terms of uh, rallying um, interest support from credit unions around looking long term. So what we heard from credit unions was five key themes. I had, I've identified two, right? We talked about consumer behavior, I believe, and, emer and maybe we talked a bit about emerging technology, and then we've also talked about organizational entrepreneurship. So we opened centers of excellence on five of the topics credit unions said they felt were important to their communities and members. And so it starts with consumer behavior, first one launched, and then it went into organizational entrepreneurship to have the dexterity to do both the um, exploiting your current business model and uh, you know, exploring new ones. Uh, the third was emerging technology. Uh, the fourth was this piece of operational excellence. The Great Recession taught us we need to trim the fat, right? We need to be effective. We need to be excellent. And sometimes that, it, as you innovate and add new things, you need to choose what not to do. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, certainly a clear uh, aspect of that. And, and then the most recent to launch was the war for talent. You know, do you have the right people? Uh, not just today, but for tomorrow. And what's it going to take to get there? And it, it, you're going to have to be smart with your resources. And uh, um, what we're seeing out of that uh uh, center is probably very compelling. You can have the right strategy, you can have the right product, you can have all the right branches, but if you don't have the people to deliver the services and set the parameters around all these things and execute well, you're toast. And especially in this economy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tight label market as it is, so it's not even... Um, do you have the right training? Do you have the right skills? It's actually finding competent people. So, And it's you got to under... You know, the other aspect when you're looking at talent is you've got to... Um, sort of tickle underneath um, what are the drivers for people. It is money. People want money, but it's not just money. It's the employer's brand. What do you stand for as an employer? What's the culture of the organization? Um, are you offering sort of the workplace benefits that people desire and want? Um, and so you, you still have to work hard to get some of those things But uh, uh, as an employee, but there's a way. Today's Today's archetype of an employee is very different, and I struggle with it, right? I, I struggle with it as, a, as somebody who leads an organization to make sure you allow the appropriate level of what I'll call playfulness into the work environment and dexterity in terms of work habits uh, and when you're not only trying to execute, but you have to communicate. But that's, if it was easy, it was already be done, and that's why we need good CEOs. And you want a level of creativity with these. Everything I'm hearing with you about the war on talent is you need people who can identify um, problems, come up with solutions, present alternatives to management. It's, you know, the majority of the jobs of the future, uh, I think, will require uh, an enhanced level of conceptual dexterity that we haven't seen in the workforce before because of the accelerated pace of change. And it's our, you say, where does that change come from? It's coming from us, people. Our, we are changing our habits and what we want increasingly uh, with a, with a, a ton of swiftness. And I just am always amazed. You think you've figured out one social media platform and another one's introduced and I can't keep up and I can't learn anymore. So, 
I'm becoming the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things that you have to, uh, uh, you know, take on and give up, I guess that's the social media platforms yeah, that fit in right. for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, you know, demographically you touched on, urban versus rural. Uh, just seeing two entirely different ways of life emerge, a lot around, you know, Uber, around um, younger folks wanting to live in bigger cities, willing to give up. Um, some of the lifestyle that parents, grandparents have had. Where does that come into play with credit unions um, on both sides of that, in, in a this, rural this, and an urban? This gets into, you know, you know your sort of community, and it's not a one-size-fits-all world anymore. And you're seeing that in so many aspects of um, in America right now. Um, it's not a one-size. So it won't be a universal fit. You know, driverless cars may take off. And uh, if you've been through Seattle, San Francisco, or Los Angeles in rush hour, not pleasant, right? Uh, New York City is implementing driverless cars for testing uh, through GM shortly. Uh, so, so obviously the urban centers will embrace the driverless technology. Now, that's not to say if I live in rural Texas or rural Montana, I can't think of a better thing than a driverless car is when I got all that highway in front of me and I have asked, you know, I, I can get a lot of work done mm -hmm. if I'm in a driverless car. So it may or may not play out that way. Um, so I would just say, you know, as you think about these, these differentiating factors, credit unions are going to know the value propositions that are relevant um, in their respective markets and uh, to honor those and uh, amplify it. So if you've got a differentiating, differentiating factor, amplify it. Uh, and it will be a credit union in New York City is going to be very different from a credit union in uh, Kansas or Montana. If you had uh, one big idea looking toward 2030, that you think credit unions should consider, what would it be? I think it's it would be to be prepared for an opportunity that is very difficult to foresee. So to have your eyes wide open and to understand there's a high probability the financial services industry will collide with another industry and the organizations that embrace the opportunities that will be yielded from that intersection um, will create incredible business and growth opportunities for the organization and the people participating uh, as members or, or customers of that organization. Um, very hard to articulate, and I can't identify what that looks like. Um, there are hypotheticals I'll use in person. But when industries collide, uh, it's a monumental shift in, in how the business is done. And um, you're starting to see with the opportunity in data analysis and data science what other industries have correlations around financial services that correlates well with financial services. So you know, the hypothetical I often use would be imagine if some of the fundamentals of healthcare and wellness collide with financial services and financial education. It's not a far stretch. Looking back, is there another example that you could give that way in that respect? Uh, credit unions are known for trust. We live in a time right now where it's very difficult to trust information. Uh, what happens if credit unions end up colliding and become a trusted source of information? You trust us for your finances, trust us with information. So you're talking about principles yeah. that we have to be paying attention so to. So if there's, yeah, if there's a principle else. that penetrates two industries and, and the credit unions rise to the top and um, become the new disseminators of information and media, that transforms the model. Mark, anything else that you think of when you think of... 2030. Uh, yeah, I would say this, right? I'd close with this. If you're you're looking at what what can you tangibly do today? It's number one, invest in talent and leadership development. Um, 
our organizations are getting more complex and we need to be prepared for that future starting today. Uh, it's back to finding that differentiating factor. There is a differentiating factor in every community in this beautiful nation and credit unions are part of that and they can amplify it and be a, a pillar in those communities. Um, really start paying attention to your ease of use. So we talk a lot about our net promoter scores and that's where the market is today. Tomorrow it's gonna to be on measuring your friction. How easy are you to do business across channels and testing your plumbing and, and where it's broken. And you know we still struggle, Is it, we might be good on, uh, many of us might be terrific on our mobile apps, but our call centers are still you know a jail. And so that ch one channel can break and it can erode the trust a, uh, a member has. Uh, continue to collaborate to gain scale sooner and faster. And then, uh, most importantly, lean into uncomfortable discussions about the future. Ed Feline once said, progress is the constant replacing the best there is with something better still. And that's what lies ahead for us. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.